This is GeekWire with Todd and John on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekend. All right, welcome back to another week of GeekWire from GeekWire.com in Seattle. I'm Todd Bishop. And I'm John Cook. Hey, we've got a great show coming up for you this week. Later on, we're going to be delving into the world of online real estate with Galen Ward, the CEO of a Seattle startup called Estately. It's really doing some interesting stuff in online real estate. I'm going to ask him all the details about how to find the, the right home using an app and how, how online technology has changed the real estate market. Yeah, for whatever reason, Seattle's become this weird, strange hub of online real estate activity from small companies like Estately up to Redfin and, and Zillow and even Trulia having a large presence here. So it's a, it's a hot industry for us to cover. Yeah, so stick around for some delving into the world of real estate, plus a great new app of the week that's going to help you manage your personal finances and the answer to last week's Name That Tech Tune Challenge. But first, it's our weekly news roundup, The Week in Geek. People today want to be geeks. Geek is. This newfangled internet can be a confusing place indeed. All right, John, I want to start by gloating a little bit over our big victory. Our big victory. I, You know, some people say that the Hawks won. I like to think that we won because the Hawks won. If, if you tuned in last week, uh, we had a big bet with the Silicon Valley-based site Recode, the sort of the new incarnation of all things D from Walt Mossberg and Kara Swisher. We bet them on the Hawks game. And, and we won, of course. We and won. we're still we're still do our uh, yeah. our uh, prize. Yeah, here. I know Kara listens to the show every week as soon That's as it right. comes out. So I just want to say, <laughs> Kara, come on, step up. Where's the guest post that you promised if we won? I haven't seen it yet. Have you seen it, John? No, I've not seen it. Yeah, it's and I'm, I'm also expecting at least a little bit of chocolate, you know, from, yeah. from San Francisco. Yeah. We're going to have to uh, challenge some tech uh, site out of Boulder or Denver next. <laughs> speaking yeah. of which, speaking of the Super Bowl, and I realize people are probably overwhelmed with Seahawks news, but I don't care. I just want to revel in these two weeks here. So, John, well, there are all sorts of interesting tech angles. There are, frankly, there are. Absolutely. And you actually had one of them on the site this past week. You had the story Seattle versus Denver. Who is the winner of the startup bowl? So who is it? Who has the better startup ecosystem, John? Well, I think it's hands down Seattle. Yet again. Yes. We're winners yes. again. We probably would have lost that <laughs> lost that round if we went up against San Francisco and, and the Bay Area, but uh yeah, against not, there's Bol- no probably about it when it comes yeah, to San Francisco. Against, against Boulder, which has a Boulder and Denver, which does have a thriving tech ecosystem there. Companies uh such as Level Three and Dish Network are based in the Denver area. Oh really? Yeah. Yep. Uh so large, you know, multi billion dollar uh tech companies. Uh doesn't really quite compare to what we have here in Seattle from Expedia and Microsoft and Amazon and and F5 and Tableau and Zillow and the list goes on and on. And then I think they're based on the venture capital numbers. There is a stronger startup ecosystem in Seattle versus Denver. Now, Techstars, which is a very popular incubator, right? Right. Or accelerator. I can never keep those two things. Yeah, they're straight, about the same thing. Yeah. They they basically incubate startups that they were essentially born in Boulder, right? That's right. Bradfeld. Bradfeld, a venture capitalist. And that program now has expanded to the uh, Seattle area and beyond. So what about doing the bet on the Super Bowl with Brad? I mean, he could like put some serious money on the line. That's right. Like- probably, probably more money than we have to afford to lose. <laughs> so uh, maybe watch can, what you wish for. I think we can make this thing really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what did you think of Paul Allen raising the uh, 12th man flag at the at the NFC championship game? I, th- I thought it was great. You know, it was very similar to the last time the Seahawks went to the Super Bowl, in yeah. fact. And, and he did the same thing. It was funny. In fact, the presentation ceremony at the end of the NFC championship, it almost felt to me like a replay 
you know, except now you had um, uh, Richard Sherman sort of adding a little bit more drama. A little to spice, the situation. yeah. But there was Terry Bradshaw handing the, the championship to uh, the championship and Paul trophy Allen to Paul is, Allen. Paul Allen, the Microsoft co-founder. I mean, he's such a geek. He you know, he's just a total nerd out there on this football field. It's just so ironic in some ways. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, it, he's you know, done a lot to to really create a great team. You know, I look at that and I actually I appreciate that. He's yeah. just who he is up there. He's not trying to be somebody he's not. And, you know, we've talked about this in the past in terms of the influence that some of the tech millionaires and billionaires have had on on our region here in the Seattle area. And Paul Allen has done a lot to really transform the city from sports teams to South Lake Union to renovating Cinerama to the Experience Music Project. I mean, his imprint is all over the place here, unlike Gates, uh, Bill Gates, who is more global, I would say, in his in his mentality. It's really interesting how the two Microsoft founders have diverged in that way. Now, People in Paul Allen's Vulcan company would jump in here and disagree because Paul Allen has also invested pretty heavily in a lot of different philanthropies and also the Allen Institute for Brain Science. But Bill Gates but mainly does rooted have, here, mainly yeah. rooted in Seattle, um, whereas Bill Gates, obviously, even just this past week was marking some of the big achievements that they've had in global health. Yeah. Appearing on, wasn't he on Jimmy Fallon? He was on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. yeah I'll link to that. It was a great appearance. He, he, Jimmy Fallon came out and I'm pretty sure this was staged. He had his, his MacBook pro uh, laptop notebook up on the, the desk and, and sort of dramatically closed it and said, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to offend you when Bill Gates was sitting there. Well, speaking of Microsoft, they came out with earnings this week. They, they did fairly well. This is maybe Balmer's last earnings report. Who knows though? Maybe the CEO search is going to go on for another quarter. I can't imagine that, but um, what's going on? They're doing well. They, they even under, well. They, yeah. they had a good, good quarter. Um, the surface sales and the Xbox one sales did well. Uh, they beat Wall Street's earnings expectations. So a, a good final quarter, if it is that, for Balmer. The one thing, as I started to look into the numbers a little bit more closely, was you can really see how Microsoft's expansion into hardware, not just software anymore, but expanding into tablets and game consoles and soon to be expanding into smartphones when they acquire Nokia's smartphone business, how that's changing Microsoft's business. Now, not all for the good no, either, because they're worse in some yeah, ways. Yeah. It's boosting the, the revenue, the top line, as right. they say, but then they're losing know, money. Well, they're not losing money. They're just not making nearly as much as they would uh, if they were just selling software, which has huge profit margins. And it's going to be an adjustment. This upcoming five, 10 years is going to be a new era for Microsoft, not just because it has a new CEO, but because its business is fundamentally changing you look at the returns on that hardware business, and it is a much tougher business. And it's going to be fascinating to see how investors react to that long term, because we're just seeing the beginning of it here in terms of these early results. When they absorb Nokia, the business is going to fundamentally change, and in some ways for the worse. So it's going to be fascinating. I think ultimately Microsoft's hope is that by integrating all these things in-house, they'll be better off long term, even if their income statement doesn't show it in the short run. All right, stick around. Right around the corner, we're going to be delving into the world of online real estate with Galen Ward, the CEO of Estately. You're listening to GeekWire on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM, Seattle's News, Seattle's Talk. This is GeekWire with Todd and John on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekend. All right, welcome back from GeekWire.com in Seattle. I'm Todd Bishop. And I'm John Cook. Our topic this week, real estate and technology. Our guest in the studio is Galen Ward. He is the CEO of Estately, which John described in an article this week as 
the startup that could, the little startup that could in the real estate market. Yeah. Did you see the lead on that, Galen? <laughs> what do you like? Do you like that uh, analogy or not? Uh, I'll, you know, I'll take what I can get. I'm not. Uh, I'm not in love with that analogy, but you know, I actually think of us as the. Uh, the best real estate website that not that many people have heard of. That's perfect. <laughs> that's I like good. that. Let's, that's maybe good. we can go back and edit that story. John. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Galen. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So for people who aren't familiar with Estately, what is it? Uh, how do you fit into the broader landscape of these real estate companies that are really embedded with the technology world? All right. Yeah. So Estately is a real estate search website and now iPhone app, uh, iPhone and iPod touch app, I should say. Uh, so we are MLS based. So we have over a million properties in 35 states. In the states we're in, we have every home for sale, which is really important on mobile. So if you're if you're in front of a house and there's a for sale sign, our app will have that house and the information about it. Uh, not every site or app is m- multiple listing service based. Um, for example, the ones that many people have probably heard of, Zillow or Trulia, are not allied with the multiple listing services, right. so they don't have as much inventory to show. Right. They don't have as much inventory, and then sometimes the inventory they have is uh, is a teaser inventory that's sold, you know, a, a few weeks ago. Or uh, yeah, so outdated, outdated, outdated information. information. Yeah, so we update every fifteen minutes, and and the multiple listing services pros and cons of them, but one of the pros is they are very vigilant about data quality. So you have every home for sale. It's updated every 15 minutes and agents update their, their listings. And we have, you know, big juicy photos on every house. Now, how have you been able to strike those deals with the multiple listing services in the case of Redfin, which is more closely connected maybe to what you're doing? They actually are a broker. You guys aren't a broker, but you still have the deals with the MLSs. So how did, how'd you work that? That's a great, we are actually are a broker. So we're okay. brokering, I believe, uh, you know, we're growing so much right now. I, I don't know it off the top of my head, but I think 20 states. But your business uh, model isn't like Redfin where it's, you're out really actively selling. I mean, you're not employing agents, right? In are some you? respects, we are, you know, I, we are, and we're not actively employing agents in the traditional way. We're a kind of a virtual brokerage is how I like to think of us. I mean, we are, we are really focused on that front to end experience from looking at a home online to actually buying a home. So we partner with about 700 real estate agents now uh, across the U.S. And these agents are vetted, they're screened by us, and we they don't hang their uh, hang their license with us. They work. Yeah, for they're not putting a stately signs up in the yard. They are yeah. not putting century, uh, a stately signs up in the yard. No. Right. However, they are licensed agents and they represent our brand. So we do a lot of screening. We vet them. We collect feedback on them. And when somebody wants to go offline, when they're done with, you know, when they need a little more information than the phone or the site can provide, or they want to go inside of a house, we put them in touch with one of our agents and, uh, and we ensure that it's a great experience all the way through. And that's actually a differentiator. You know, I think a lot of a lot of websites in the real estate space, you can think mortgages is kind of the worst offenders where you, you're like, oh, this is a really cool website. And then the moment you give them your phone number, the experience goes from like a 10 to a negative five. You know, it is, it goes from great to horrible. And what we really want is the experience to start at 10 online and end at 10 when you decide to buy a house. So we we were joking earlier about the little engine that could that is a stately and maybe you didn't like that analogy so much but really when you look at it I mean you are competing against companies that have multi-billion dollar valuations and you've raised just over a million dollars in financing and you've been able to stick around so I think it's a oh, compliment yeah. in some yeah, no, some I, degree but my question is how have you been able to do that cuz you're 
what, eight years old now, roughly, and founded at the same time as some of these companies coming up that are publicly traded companies, big companies, well run, uh, smart technology. <laughs> How have you been able to survive? So, you know, when we started, we it's almost uh, a lot of people have the benefit of, of not being at all discovered for the first three or four years of their company. So they maybe Doug and I needed that. Uh, but, you know, when we started, we it was just me and my co-founder, Doug, and we had uh you know, we basically were just two guys in a basement, literally actually in, in his basement for a couple of years. This is Doug Cole. This is Doug Cole, my co-founder, yeah. our CTO. And uh, really, I'd say, I almost like to think, you know, we've really hit our stride in the last three, four years. This is, you know, and at this point, we are growing exceptionally well. And it's a focus on the product. It's a focus on home buying. A lot of our competitors have diversified, which means they've gotten distracted. And we are really focused on that home buying experience. And I, I actually think there are a lot of problems still with buying a home. It's still not as easy as it could be, and it's not as pleasant as it could be. So, and and yeah. we're working on solving those problems. That's great. And I want to get into the details of your business and how you make money. And also, you guys just came out, as you said, with your first iOS app. But I'm curious, because when I open my phone, a lot of times... Instead of a game these days, so instead of the, my latest favorite Angry Birds version, I'll go to a real estate app because I just really enjoy the um, the. He's the a ability. real estate voyeur. Yeah, I'm a voyeur. That's yeah, the word that's I'm trying to. Yeah, 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 I love seeing you know how much the house behind me sold for, yep. what's available, sort of uh, trying to deduce from what's happening around me how much my own home is worth now. So, how much has technology and the transparency that all of this information has brought to the market. How much has it changed the real estate business from your perspective? Uh, immensely. I mean, uh, you could look at like where, I mean, today you really can get up to speed on the market by yourself in, you know, a matter of minutes or hours. You pull up the phone in a new neighborhood, you look at a house that's for sale in front of you, you see the price, you see how long it's been on the market, that it's had two price drops. And you're like, oh boy, this house is overpriced. And then you look, you can just move, you know, pan the map on your phone and see what's nearby and see houses that have recently sold, see those prices, see the inside photos. There's so much more information available to consumers now than, say, 20 years ago. Does it result in people buying and selling homes more than they otherwise would because they're seeing things that spur them into action? I you mean, impulse buyers on homes. <laughs> <laughs> or at least yeah. impulse shoppers. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, I think in a lot of respects over the last 20 years, real estate has become both more of a commodity. It's become more of a market, you know, something that Wall Street traders think about, like they didn't think about 20 years ago. And it's also something that consumers think about, you know, what's my house worth? As opposed to, this is a house I'm going to buy, I'm going to live in for a long time. It's more like, you know, and and the information available is incredible. Like the house price, you know, you know that your house price has gone up a little bit and people didn't know that 20 years ago. They just kept living in their house. But now you can see from the houses around you, like this boy, my house is worth a little bit more money. I could sell it. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, it's, this is a fascinating topic. I've got a lot more I want to ask you about, including what I should think about when I look at the listing for my own house or the details of my own house online and whether I can control what other people see. So let's get into that right around the corner. We're talking with Galen Ward of Estately, an online real estate company based here in Seattle. You're listening to GeekWire on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM, Seattle's News, Seattle's Talk. This is GeekWire's App of the Week on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekend. All right, this week's App of the Week, Level. 
not level up. I know what you're thinking. It's funny how all these apps have names that are common. We've been running into this recently. At any rate, Level, it is a personal finance app. It's very popular on the iPhone, and it just recently expanded to Android. And they tout this app as the digital money meter. It connects very easily to all of your bank accounts, and it actually allows you to pull in your spending reports and very easily set a budget and know how much you have left to spend on any given day or any given week. And it's been, as I said, it's been very popular on iPhone, and it just recently expanded to Android. This is the personal favorite personal finance app of Blair Hanley Frank, our correspondent in the Bay Area. So he recommended this. Again, it's called Level, uh, just a really slick and simple way of managing your personal finances and budgeting your time. Are you big into the mobile money stuff? No, not at all. I should be. But uh, this one, if it's easy to use, sounds pretty, pretty intriguing. Great. So that is Level. It is a free app for iPhone and Android. And that is GeekWire's app of the week. All right, our guest in the studio this week is Galen Ward. He is the CEO of Estately. We're talking about online real estate and the way that real estate has been transformed by technology. Galen, you just this week, speaking of apps, came out with your first app, right? Yeah, we launched our iPhone app today, our app for iPhone and iPod Touch. Uh, and it's been, I'm a, I'm a little uh, I'm, yeah. I'm a little jittery How's and hyped up from, <laughs> the, from the launch. It's a phenomenal launch. Uh, we've, Apple decided to feature us We uh, oh, wow. this afternoon, so we're uh, new and notable on the front page of iTunes. That's a big deal. Now, I, that's really interesting because we've had this happen before. I, it was Adam Tratt from Haiku Deck yes. who came in. He also came in on the day that uh, Haiku Deck was featured just as he walked in the studio on New and Notable. So I'm starting to think this is kind of like the reverse of the Sports Illustrated cover right, class here. That's right. Come to GeekWire and your app will be featured by Apple. What How does that, it happen? Yeah, yeah, what How does, does it happen? What does that do for your traffic or downloads or... So uh, we, uh, we're, uh, it happened like two hours ago. So I can't tell you what it does for our traffic and downloads, although it's we're quickly rising up the uh, ranks uh, right now for uh, most installed app today. We launched today. So, uh, But uh, it is being featured by Apple is about it is a great honor. I don't, I'm not sure normal. I'm not sure normal people or consumers uh, understand like just how much that means. It means tens of thousands of installs of your app it means more people see your app than on any any consumer website you know except maybe if the wall street journal the new york times put it on their home page or something it's a it's a phenomenal opportunity and it's especially interesting in this case because as we've mentioned there are plenty of other mobile real estate apps out there and to some degree as we pointed out in our story on on the new new app coming out you guys are coming to this a little bit late to the game in terms of mobile. I know you like to yeah, use we're, the word we're leapfrogging, leapfrogging. Yeah. Uh, rather than I leap mean, to there the game, are so. other apps. <laughs> and, uh, and, and basically, you know what we said? There are a lot of I know a lot of people who want to do a checkbox approach to to websites and to building companies where they're like, we need an app. All right. Check. We need a you know, we need an Android app. Check. And when we thought when we thought about apps, we wanted to make sure we could build something that's better than every than what's out there. And and more useful, and so we we didn't do it for a while because we were focused on making sure that our site was that our website was the best that we could make it, and you know we didn't want to distract ourselves. Uh, but this last year, we've grown immensely, and we talk to our users nonstop. And the users' number one request has been, "Do you have an iPhone app?" So, like the question we get every time we ask somebody if there's anything we could do to improve. So I'm a big user of the Zillow app and the Redfin app. 
convince me that I should use your app instead of those. Oh, you should. Uh, I mean, you just have to use it for like one minute and you'll know. Okay. Uh, but it's uh, start installing. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has. So it has big photos. It's a uh, map based interface. It's really optimized for iOS seven. So it's fluid. It's elegant. Uh, you know, we show the we show you 200 markers on the map. There's not a lot of like zooming and bouncing around. Uh, and then we have these unique features like schools that serve this house. Oh, so uh, on any given house, you can just tap on the house. And we'll show you not just the schools that are nearby, but the schools that actually serve the house. We have tens of thousands of school boundaries across the U.S. And we use them to, uh, we, we identify which houses uh, go to those, are, are matched up with those schools. And, you know, that's super important. Like people, people spend fifty, dollars $100,000 more on a house just for, like just, that's two blocks from another house, just for a better school. So if people out there are wondering which app we're talking about, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about Estately. Uh, if you search uh, E-S-T-A-T-E-L-Y, uh, it's uh, available in the uh, App Store for iPhone right now. Yeah, and I'm looking at it right now. It's, it's very slick. The, the photo-driven approach, the design is really nice. Part of my problem with the Redfin app over the years is it seems like they haven't been able to figure out exactly how to do the favorites. Like, uh, the, the, they, they got the heart uh, metaphor all wrong. Like it would, it would break when you liked it or, you know, it was, so it looks like you've got a really good approach here. So, I mean, when we thought about our app, we wanted to go simple. We wanted to be streamlined and easy to use. You know, we wanted to feel native to the iPhone. Um, and we wanted it to be special. So we have those schools. And then also, you know, we have these other cute little things. Like when you see an open house on our app, uh, you can tap it. It adds it to your calendar with the address, all the details, uh, also when you, uh, when you open up any listing, we show you the drive time from where you are right now to that listing. So you can do it at work and say, Oh, that's going to be 20 minute drive to and from work every day. Or so just in the brief time we have left here for the other startups out there that are coming out with their own apps, what's the secret to getting featured in the app store in new and notable? Do you have to know somebody or what? You know, it's funny. I, it's just, you have to build something that Apple likes oh so it's like it's like genuine oh come on i want i want to know the real inside story like who you have to pay i don't (laughs) (laughs) oh no apple is a it is a black box and so you it is but i think the the trick i was told by multiple people who were successful is build something that's beautiful and elegant and that is that is the trick to getting featured you know make sure that it's something that's fantastic that makes apple makes the iphone a better device to own Very good. All right. Well, we will be right back. We're talking with Galen Ward of Estately. We'll be right back around the corner with the answer to last week's Name That Tech Tune Challenge. You don't want to miss it. You're listening to GeekWire on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM, Seattle's News, Seattle's Talk. Shall we play a game? This is GeekWire's Name That Tech Tune Challenge. I am invincible! Wouldn't you prefer a good game, Archef? All right, we're back with the answer to last week's Name That Tech Tune Challenge. We've got a video game aficionado, or at least a video game theme song aficionado, joining us in the studio, Galen Ward, the CEO of uh, online real estate company Estately. Uh, and we will play for you now the tune that we challenged you with last week. And, I, and Galen, I don't think, has heard this. Apparently, you didn't listen to last week's show. I missed it. Okay, just that was the one he that you missed. He was cranking it to kind of get his iPhone out. <laughs> I was heads out. down. <laughs> out. All right. So let's, let's see if you can get this. Let's listen to last week's tune.
Galen Ward. All right, so that is, uh, I can tell you, I don't know what it is because I know about 15 songs very well, 15 games very well, and it is not, you know, Final Fantasy 2. It's not uh, Dune 2. You're in the right genre, though, I will say this. It was, <laughs> oh, <it's> a- <laughs> it was an action playing, action role playing game, um, sort of in the fantasy realm, Fable for oh. the, the original Xbox. That was the. That was the title. Um, it was one of those games that was unique for its ability for your character to transform depending on your decisions. So it was kind of one of those real-time player games. And it's at any rate, that, that, was, that was the game. And the winner of the prize is Tom Heller. He was selected at random from the pool of correct answers. We got a, a lot of correct answers on this and a lot of really bad guesses. So sorry about that out there, everybody. Tom wins our prize package of cheeseburger swag, courtesy of our guest last week, Scott Moore, the president of Cheeseburger, who was in. Galen, maybe you could put up a prize this week. You could maybe like put up a house. Maybe we have uh, maybe a replica, small miniature. <laughs> okay, there houses. we go. Yeah, there yeah. We go. All right. All right. And you so, could give away a download of your free free uh, iPhone. Free app. downloads. Yes. <laughs> yes Unlimited. <right. laughs> <laughs> All right. So congrats again to our winner, Tom Heller. We'll be back next week with another installment of our Name That Tech Tune Challenge with another great prize. All right. As I said, we were talking with Galen Ward, the CEO of Estately, an online real estate company based here in the Seattle region. Galen, I'm curious for people out there who own homes and who might be thinking about listing them in the future or just want to control how they're shown, even if they're not being listed. You know, a lot of apps show homes that aren't even being listed. Is there a way for me as a homeowner to somehow go into the data and change or somehow uh, influence how my home is presented online. Well, if you're selling your home, you, could, you have a ton of influence and you obviously want uh, professional photos. You can, you know, it's amazing. Actually, as, a, as somebody who sees a lot of homes for sale, how shoddy a job a lot of people do at presenting their homes uh, and when, when there are opportunities. Um, so yeah, you want professional photos. It's, it's definitely worth the money to hire a photographer. Uh, and, and you can, and, so yes, if you are listing your home for sale, ample opportunity uh, to get the data right. If it's not for sale, I, and, you're, and you want to change the perception of your home online, I think you need a new hobby. Well, I think what, you maybe need... <laughs> what about this? What if I don't want my neighbor to know how much I paid? Could oh. I, can I, can, is, there, is there any way to make no. it, at least make it harder for them to figure it out? You can form an LLC before you buy your house. That is what that is what the truly rich and famous do. And then it is actually pretty well concealed in the tax records. It's pretty hard to find. Okay, maybe I'm an edge case here. This might not be the typical <laughs> consumer scenario trying to go stealth on the real estate. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, this is... The the trend line is going that more information is going to become available. I know, and, and I want to go have, against the trend. All right, well, you're just going to have to live with it. I'm pretty yeah. sure the NSA will know no matter what. It's, yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, Galen, we were talking about the new iPhone app that you just released. Why iPhone over Android? Uh, and oh, this such ties, a, yeah, that's go such ahead. a popular question and such a, I mean, it's an easy answer for us. The iPhone is easier to develop for, hands down, much easier to develop for. The... Uh, Number of people who install iPhone apps is much higher. If you create an iPhone app, it will be installed at a much higher rate. And you can create a nicer app because it's a limited form function. So if you're trying to create something fantastic, there are only two screen sizes on the iPhone. And one's just taller than the other one. And so it's, you can create something that's really controlled, beautiful, 
and get a lot of users. And for you, I would also think, since you're kind of a, the scrappy uh, startup still, you know, very much a bootstrapped uh, company, I think it's also just a prioritizing as well. I would, I would think that would have something to do with it too. Oh yeah, I mean, I you can't you can't afford a you know an army of Android developers and an army of iPhone developers. We could have easily afforded to do both iOS and Android a good job at each, but we yeah. want to do a fantastic job. You know, the, to me, when I when I think about what we're working on. It's doing a better job, and it's doing a fantastic job. And uh, I, I know a lot of people who have much smaller companies than ours who are trying to do support multiple platforms. And it always strikes me as a little crazy. I mean, Instagram built over a billion dollars of value on iPhone only, on iOS only. And, you know, I think today the, there are far more iPhones in the wild, and you can build a much bigger than a billion dollar company by just focusing on doing one thing really well. Talk a little bit about your your startup-y mentality and your bootstrap mentality of doing this this company more on a shoestring and how that's how that influences um, how you attack the market because I think it is very fascinating here you are as a as more of the underdog and going up against some big companies. How has that just informed you as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I you know there are a lot of small companies that do like I was just saying that do one thing really well and that's really what we how we approach things so when you know we we're a small really dedicated team and so we don't you know our team doesn't spend time doing nice to haves we do things that are fa- that excuse me there uh, went your app right there yes. uh, <laughs> somebody texting me saying congrats on the app launch yeah. <laughs> so so you guys really focus so yeah i mean we're really focused and it makes you know, it it makes making hard decisions and decisions about what to support and what not to support really critical when you're a small company. And when you've like companies, I, I know a lot of companies have raised a lot of money or uh, when you've raised a lot of money, it's easy to try to do five things and you do and you don't do any of those as well as we do one or two things. So is the company profitable at this stage? Oh, yeah. So we've been uh, we raised money uh, two or three years ago and we are running profitably for the last six six, nine months. Uh, we're doubling every year right now. This year we're hoping to more than double. That's uh, So how do you make goal. money? So uh, we make money when people buy a home with one of our partner agents. So okay. it's, it's a great, we th- see it as a win-win-win situation where if a consumer doesn't like our agent, we don't get paid. If our agent is, if we're funneling a bunch of, they call them Mickey Mouse leads in the real estate business, there's like a whole jargon associated with people who sell you fake names and phone numbers in the real estate world. So we don't do that to our agents because we don't make $20 for every phone number we send them. And for the consumer, yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't send you off to three different agents and have them start badgering you. Uh, the next day we pick one who is going to do the best job. That's great. All right. Well, we are talking with Galen Ward. Galen, thank you very much for being here. Hey, thank you for having me. It was great. Yeah. I will be trying out the Estately app. If you want to download it, just go to the app store on Apple and search for Estately. We'll have to do a report card and see if I can use this to replace Zillow and Redfin. I know, I'll, Todd. I'll you're, you know. you're the guy who did a full, full review here. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh, thanks, as always, to Aaron Rose for putting the show together here at Cairo. Until next week, I'm Todd Bishop. And I'm John Cook. You're listening to GeekWire on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM, Seattle's News, Seattle's Talk. You've been listening to GeekWire on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekend. For more episodes, go to MyNorthwest.com.